I'll tell you, Kay, I'm really excited for you guys. It really seems like the queen's dying soon. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Get fucking hype. It's okay. happening. <laughs> the new queen death news. I've missed this. <laughs> She's just been in the hospital and has missed a bunch of like uh, events lately. And when you're in your 90s, that's normally that means mm. things are wrapping up, you know? Yeah, mm. that's like mm. Prince Philip before he died. Was it Prince Philip, the one who looked like a literal corpse? We did read out his. Yeah. We did do a yes. eulogy on the show. Oh, we're, we're doing. There's going to be a sequel to that, to, which to is win. <laughs> which is to say, we read out all of his most racist jokes and comments. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like monarchism in the UK, you can like kind of understand because like there's at least like some proximity. There. Like monarchism in Australia, is just like so so cringe. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, uh, yeah. there are there are like huge monarchy heads in australia like i know it's yeah, part yeah. of the commonwealth but oh my god oh my god yeah what? like all of our like conservative shitheads are, are big big monarchists um they're, they're, so they're super chuffed they're gonna... about the monarchy yes yeah you know that Love they're all the gonna monarchy. come out the woodwork now there's a brucette who can really patty <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yeah, so it's just going to be wall to wall fawning royal coverage if the, if the queen dies. Oh That's my god! Great. In the United States, well, it's not a it's not a fantasy Disney wedding, so no one will give a shit. I don't think. Yeah, it's crazy how much the the royal wedding took off in like Canada and the U.S. and shit. We're, what was that about? Listen, every every person here is mentally about twelve years old. Um. <laughs> Reese, you can confirm this too, right? It's a 12 is mature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Reese were 12. They're nine yeah. years old. Yeah. They think they're like, ooh, princess wedding. That will be me one day. They're, they just, they're all addicted to Disney. It's like heroin for them. Pretty much. It's like yeah. Disney in Florida is like, it's like heroin for other people in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> The two drugs. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, man, getting off to a rip-roaring start. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, hello everyone and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I'm your host, Alton. With me as always is Reese. Hello. And Kay. And, and Kay. Oh, fuck. Sorry, oh my I didn't. God. My mic didn't pick up. We <laughs> fucked it already. I said something, it just didn't go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and joining us once again is our lovely friend David, aka Calestia. How are you doing, David? Hello, everyone. Doing doing very well. We're here today to talk about a video game, which is a shocking concept. Um, I know for the last couple episodes, we've mostly just been talking about drugs and why they're good and why you should do them. Do them. Um, yeah, do them. <laughs> <laughs> um. But today we are going to be talking about, I think this is your latest game. Is it your latest game? A Hand With Many Fingers. Um, yeah, there's a, like, I've put out another, like, short game since then. But this is, like, yeah, latest, oh, latest okay. full-length, full experience. Interesting. A board game? Did I hear that right? Oh, oh no, no. A, a short, a short oh, game. Oh, I was like, oh. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I gotta get into board games, though. I've, I've known a lot of people who are super into board games. 
as like prototyping for their actual video games. It's like how they test out the mechanics. Oh, um, that's smart. Yeah, but no, that was just me being stupid. Um, uh, I, I can't wait for Celestia's uh, tactical board game, Cuba Global Takeover. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Celestia, actually, you know, given how badly things went for like the last person who tried to make like a a game that would raise social awareness of a, a leftist political movement as a board game, I don't think you should do it. Oh, Dad, which, which one are you talking about? Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, the person who made Monopoly was, like, a Georgist, which is, like, a kind of American utopian socialist. Yeah. Um, who, and who made a game called Land, um, Landlords, which was, like, an anti originally anti-capitalist. It was, like, this is, there are two different types of rules. There's the competition rules and, like, the cooperation rules. And, um... Surprise, surprise, they, like, stole her concept for the board game. Actually, I'm pretty sure Milton Bradley bought the rights to the game for, like, 500 bucks. Because she was wow. like, oh, this is so great. So many people are going to learn about Georgism from this game. And then they just, like, they just sat. They, they did sell it, but, like, they were selling Monopoly, too. Ugh. The whole the whole history, like many many people have talked about it uh, on podcasts where they don't just say stupid things. Wouldn't be caught dead. Yeah, I would. A... Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that path particularly, just because <laughs> of the history of it. Uh, you know, making a socialist board game. It's gonna, you know, you you get in the time machine and like fifty years later, it's like this is our most popular capitalist board game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called imperialism. We love it. It's true. Imperialism, the best bit. Yeah. I mean, we can get into talking about that, actually. You know, like, one of the things that many people have brought up is how, especially for, like, 4X games and, like, strategy games, a lot of, a lot of the core mechanics of a lot of games are uh, very, very colonialist and imperialist. I mean, I mean, some of them even pretty much just call their game, like, imperialism. Yeah. But they, so it's interesting. It's sort of like how... When you're thinking, we'll get into A Hand With Many Fingers very soon, but when you're thinking of, like, a new mechanic, I guess, to base a game around, how do you approach that sort of subject matter? And, like, how a lot of um, video games do sort of reinforce a lot of capitalist tropes. Yeah, I, I feel like it's so many mechanics get thrown out the door on, mm. on that basis. Um, like... Kind of where I've found, uh, like, a, a way of kind of avoiding those issues or hopefully avoiding those issues is, like, making sure that, like, the the player subject is not uh, <laughs> not actually, like, an imperialist or something. Mm. Like, uh, often, like, the easiest way to kind of explain a lot of these concepts is to, like, put the player in the shoes of, like, the imperial war planner or something like that. Um, but yeah, if you're doing that, then it's sort of instantly, you, like, you know, that there's going to be people who play the game and are like, yeah, oh, this is awesome. Um, mm. I, I love playing as an imperialist war planner. Uh, and no amount of irony you could insert would get people to like, look critically. At that, uh, <laughs> That's very that true. Position. I mean, that is basically just like Warhammer Total War 2. You're just sort of like, yeah, this is the, I'm a murder fascist. There's just like every different class, <laughs> yeah. every different uh, you know class you can play, or every different faction rather 
is like just their own strain of fascism. You know, you have like the good guy fascists versus the bad guy fascists. Yeah, the bad guy fascists feel better because the, yeah. it's like they're more fun. they're so like cartoonishly over the top that it's you can have fun with it. But mm -hmm. with the ones that try to position themselves as kind of good, it, it feels a bit dirty. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, if if people unironically like Starship Troopers, <laughs> like if if that's mm. going over people's heads, then like there's there's nothing we can do. <laughs> the state of media literacy not so good. No. Not so good. They're I mean, terrible. Yeah, bringing yeah. in some contemporary stuff. Like, I mean, I think I've seen at least two articles that have been like the director of the Squid Game says that it's about capitalism, but actually, here's why it's about communism. <laughs> Deeply diseased brain. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I love a good satire. I love Starship Troopers, etc. But I do think as we're getting to the point where there are so many satires about capitalism that people don't get, mm -hmm. that I, I think a couple of just like straight out like you know communist stories are so much fresher these days. And another just were like, mm. hmm, there's a lesson here that, and then don't mm. people are just binging things because <laughs> that's what they do. They're not. They don't care. Yeah, like when Squid Game came out, I remember thinking, this is so over-the-top heavy-handed, and then, like clockwork, article <laughs> misunderstanding it started coming out, and was like, alright, well, fuck me, I guess that, that doesn't exist, you can't be too heavy-handed. Yeah, <laughs> subtlety seems to have, uh, died uh, somewhere. Don't need it anymore. It's not dead, it just... Um, nobody can, it's a ghost because nobody can see it and nobody realizes it's there. Yeah. So, that's fun. So Back I guess, I, that's is that a consideration for when you're making a game? It's just like, well, if I make a, if I make it a satire, nobody's gonna get it. They're all gonna think, man, <laughs> this, this capitalism stuff is really fun when you're the capitalist. <laughs> I would simply be yeah. the capitalist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, absolutely. And I, I feel like some of my earlier games definitely, like, lean into that sort of satire mode more. Because, yeah, like, it's it's sort of a very effective way of, like, conveying stuff about, like, the systems of capitalism. Like, it's it's much easier to kind of, like, represent that in a satirical way than, I don't know, do some kind of ground-up critique of it. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I think... You just you know that it's going to go over a lot of people's heads uh, and probably yeah. not have the kind of political impact that I, that you I want my games to have. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. It it's sort of like I I know at least a couple of games that sort of unintentionally provide critiques of different economic systems because I I know I haven't played this but I've heard that in Victoria Two, economic liberalism will basically destroy your economy. Which I think yeah. is very funny. Yeah. We, I, I think it was Victoria 2 where one of the devs was like, yeah, I like needed a model for the like internal national economy. And so I just like went to capital and, and took that. Yeah, that's an, it, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's something that people bring up a lot is, you know, what one of the main things Marx did, like only like a fraction of his entire writing is dedicated to what like a post-capitalist society would look like and like a huge chunk of it you know three huge volumes of it are about what capitalism actually is yeah mm. 
because he was a political economist, you know, sort of mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and, and existing at a time where capitalism was still in its earlier developmental stages. So I guess it makes, you know, it makes sense. That would be his focus. Yeah. It's, he got and, to see uh, it like actually develop over his lifetime, which is, you know, yeah, probably why he was able to describe it so clearly. And I think, you know, one of the things Matt Chrisman has said is basically how abstracted we are or from that. Yeah, I have to wonder if that is a result of how much work uh, Marx did on capitalism, where uh, in the capitalist world, we're kind of denied even like an accurate definition of capitalism. Yeah. Like it has to be abstracted mm-hmm. and, and turned into this 100%. bizarro version of itself 100 percent. you these people people like so many of them that have like nothing to do like they're not capitalists at all they're just random people what they believe capitalism to be is just like this capitalism is when good things happen what (laughs) we have is corporatism or actually this is communism I know so many fucking dummies that think that, and it's it's (laughs) communism because Joe Biden is president now. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Pain, so much pain. Yeah, it's like accurately describing capitalism now necessarily ends up making arguments that Marx has made. So even like just describing capitalism now is communist, pretty uh, much in in the eyes of Mm. a lot of people. Yeah. I, I feel like economists have a lot of lot to lot of blame to take for that. Yeah. Um, Round them up. Like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah. I, after Marx, um, yeah, there were just a whole bunch of economists who were kind of like, yeah. So Marx has all this stuff about like labor and surplus value and all that kind of stuff, but uh, no, that's not economics. <laughs> economics is the relation between different prices and measuring mm. numbers. And seeing how to make the numbers go up. Yeah, one yeah, of my favorite. One of my favorite uh, things from uh, Doctor Richard Wolf is when he's describing like uh, I think he ca- it's called marginal utility of like how much if you give money to somebody like a, how much utility is a hundred dollars worth to like a poor person for a rich, versus a rich person. And he's just like, one of the rules is of, a, of economics is you can't compare marginal utilities between two people. And just like, yeah, why not? And they're just like, if you do, you realize that it makes no sense to make rich people richer. Because overall, the economy like benefits way more from that money being in the hands of somebody who's going to like spend it on necessities. Yeah. And like actually mm-hmm. circulating that money through the economy than somebody who's just going to sit on it like a fucking dragon. Like smog. <laughs> that, I think that's a great definition of sort of modern bourgeois academic uh, or economics, not non academics, uh, but also maybe. Um, is it all of these these principles that are kind of in isolation do have some sense to them, but you are not allowed to cross reference them with <laughs> each other? Yeah, because the then you thing- do, you end up you end up. <laughs> Looking like Karl Marx, you get a big bushy beard. You speak yeah, well, German. Mean, economics was created by basically sucking all of the like uh, critical analysis out of uh, political um, economy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a reason it's economics, not political economy. Yeah, yeah which exactly. is exactly. It, it's very funny because another thing that, that uh, 
Richard Wolf says is that they have different departments for business and economics. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like they basically train ec economists to be like cheerleaders for capitalism, and then like um, business, like okay, here's how the economy actually works. Yeah, and, and here's how to be the villain in this yeah, story. Here's Let's how go. To, here's how to game it. Yeah, every business major <laughs> I've met has been a dead-eyed psychopath who yeah. needs to be locked up immediately. Everyone, you know, the whole like STEM versus arts degree is very is is a false dichotomy. Everyone is united against the business majors. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's One true. true foe. They are <laughs> they are demons. Um, Lock them up. <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> All right, no, we gotten way off topic. So yeah, fuck. Sorry, what were we talking about? We were talking. I think we we're talking about a game. Uh, yeah, well, tell us hand with many fingers. Yeah. Tell us about the, how, how did you come up with this game? It started, I think, in general, I wanted to make a, a game about conspiracies and a kind of, like, mm. conspiracy thriller-style game. Um, and I, I think, like, one of the first things I realized was, like, if I'm making that kind of game, I've got to have the, like, corkboard and twine. You've got to right. be able to connect all the, connect all the dots and have, have that kind of experience. Um, and like the actual like subject matter. For those who don't know, what is the game about? Yeah, so it's a kind of like a true crime conspiracy investigation game where you're looking into this real bank that was operating in Sydney, in the Sydney, Australia in the 1970s um, and had various CIA connections. So yeah, you're, you're like a researcher in an archive who sort of, delving through files and following different leads and slowly uncovering this this bigger conspiracy. Right. And so, like you said, it's actually based on like a real conspiracy, um, which I think one of the things I've noticed is that I've, I've seen quite a few people talking about this game. And I've seen a couple of people who are who are not uh, do not have, you know, the leftist brain poisoning. Or just like, wow, this is a real thing that happened. And it's just sort of like, to, to me, like the revelation that like the CIA is behind it is just like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like at this yeah. point, I'm so numb to it. I'm like, just like, of course, it's, yeah. of course it's the fucking CIA. Who, who else would do yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just very funny. It was very funny seeing like these, all, these regular gamers who were just like, it's such a unique twist that this is about a real thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, that's what I kind of loved about it is that it has that uh, I've I played a lot of Celestia's games and there seems to be the true crime games and the, uh, you know, the political education games. And this is like a mirror, uh, a melding of both because you're yeah. the education you're getting is that uh, the CIA is a dark force that <laughs> influences all of our lives. <laughs> um, and uh it's it it's very it's very engaging and I kind of like how you included those conspiracy thriller bits by like when you're going down and searching the archive there's just like you hear noises and you feel like you're being like surveilled the entire time so it it gets you really invested in that idea at the same time um as you're you're going through all this I absolutely love those kinds of elements of like conspiracy thriller movies and that kind of thing like 
uh, like all of the like AJ Pakula conspiracy films, like uh, all the President's Men and Parallax View and a bunch mm-hmm. of others. I, I think that's one thing they do so well is like the camera will like linger on this character who's like not central to the scene or it'll like linger on this like random object in the room or something like that and just kind of build up this general sense that like nothing in this environment can be trusted uh, yeah. who who knows like yeah what what machinations are going on behind the scenes and that, that was kind of the the feel i wanted to get with all of those like little little spooky moments the, the window where that's just like there's something just like mildly suspicious going on the entire time. They're just like everyone could see me. <laughs> I feel like not to. I, I feel like I do this every time I I, I bring you on, and I'm very sorry about this because I, I always want to just be like you should. Oh, you should add this. Oh, you should. Oh, you should do this. Oh, what, what should you do this? It's just a, it's such a stupid thing to do, but I can't help myself. Yeah, go for it. Really, I feel like. Have you ever seen that meme that's like the CIA award for excellence in journalism? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a oh, bullet. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the game should have just ended with you getting shot in the head and getting that achievement. <laughs> I, I felt like it might have ended with something like that. Oh, you know? my God. Um, near the end... Um, there was a moment where I was downstairs with the boxes and then I heard a very distinct like rustling uh, upstairs, like a, a moving around of furniture or footsteps or something. And I was like, I'm going to fucking die when I go upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought well, for I, a second it was going to be like splinter cell. It was just like, I'm going <laughs> to have to like stealth my way out of this archive is r- real <laughs> CIA figures from the past hunt me down. <laughs> to kill me oh man that would have been a great twist just like final third of the game introduce a whole bunch of stealth elements and like yeah. like I mean, change up the genre that, i guess that's the the problem with you know every every single idea for a game is is feature creep essentially this is like <laughs> you start trying to make like a simple game that's like oh what about a, a mystery where you're solving a real crime that happened and then you're just like now let's add the now let's add the stealth elements okay now now your character gets a gun and he has to shoot back and just like and before you know it and you have to mine ore in the caves beneath <laughs> you. <laughs> you, have to, you have to craft the next <laughs> piece of evidence. <laughs> you start out, you got to craft a bow, and you're taking out CIA guys with it. So you can uh, get enough. It's just like the original Far Cry, eventually. <laughs> just trapped on an island. You have to extract with all the evidence. Uh, you're building, like, fucking punji pits and... Like spikes on a on a on a branch that you tie back, oh. growing reeds so you can make papyrus, so oh, you yeah. can put make more cards to put on your uh, conspiracy board. Why isn't there a hunger and uh, water meter? Unrealistic. I mean, I did consider putting in like a, a coffee system, like uh, oh. sort of, that would be like a. A coffee machine where you can like brew up some coffee, which like if you drink it while you're looking at the looking at the corkboard, it'll like sort of highlight things you hadn't looked into oh. or, or something like Ooh, that. Oh, that's and, kind um, of a, I like that. Like a hint system. 
damn i could have used yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was i play i managed to to beat it but i did get stuck halfway through and had to look up a little hint and then i was like ah okay and then i was able to <laughs> i was able to finish it so i could have used the the coffee tip system i i mean I, like um, yeah i i played through it again like just before getting on the podcast here and like yeah, uh, some of those puzzles are not very easy. I, I was struggling as well. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I just played it earlier today for the first time, and really, I had a really good time with it because I've been. Kay was like, uh, I doing no trouble. I got through it in thirty minutes. <laughs> My co-hosts I mean, are I'm... idiots. <laughs> it, it's just that right now i'm doing um a history degree and oh. i feel it felt very familiar i guess going through documents and you know noticing sort of names appearing in different places and being like oh that fucking piece of shit was over there too okay mm -hmm. um and it I, I mean archive work of course is you know is very directly connected to historical research right. um and i just finished an essay yesterday and it just felt like a really natural continuity of that kind of thing. And it was really enjoyable to do it for pleasure rather than business, I guess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, okay, you must have had like spooky archive experiences as well then. Because I felt they're, they're creepy places. Like mm, I, yeah. I remember doing doing research at uni and just like, it's like you're the only person in the building, but then the automatic lights flick on in a different part of the, the archive. and. Mm -hmm. yeah spooky places <laughs> yeah anywhere with a lot of documents feels like you're gonna be shot for seeing something you shouldn't at any minute if you open the wrong box or something <laughs> i don't know i don't like it <laughs> I, I mean i was initially spooked by the the basement area but eventually i was just like man this this uh this humming is very nice i'm gonna take a nap in the corner couch <laughs> <laughs> oh man see i turned off the music at one point and then i found just sort of the silence and the hum of the place to be too much. I had to turn the music back on. <laughs> I had, I literally had the opposite experience. I was like, this ah. music is fucking insufferable. Turn it off. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I was like trying to think, think and like find the different connections. And I, I, it was driving me crazy. So I turned it off. I was like, ah, much better. I can just hear the, <laughs> the tiptoeing of CIA agents coming up to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Alton can only focus if really loud dubstep is playing. Uh, it's a mod you should consider for the next uh, for the hand with yes. many fingers too. The fist. <laughs> Reese jokes about I that, but I literally did. Support. I literally did like a lot of my a lot of my math homework just listening to dubstep at like incredibly high volume. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I feel like it's a, it's, I'm going to blame ADHD for that one. I don't know. That's a safe bet. So this, this has kind of been like, I don't know. I mean, um, which in the city I, I think is def still my favorite, uh, just cause I really like the setting, but a hand with many fingers has sort of been, I, I think kind of a breakout hit, but considering just how many people I've seen talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, I think like so much of that is thanks to uh, uh, Chris Franklin, uh, Aaron Signal, because um, mm -hmm. yeah, they they did a video on it um, and sort of uh, like maybe like six months or so after it released, and that kind of gave the whole thing an entire second life, um, which has been has been incredible. 
That's awesome. I've got very distracted by you saying Second Life and just images of people <laughs> like grotesque avatars <laughs> showed up. In oh my mind. god! Oh no! Second Life port of hand with many things. Yeah. <laughs> just like a murder mystery set in Second Life, where a, 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 ma- a bright purple tiger has killed another. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've heard, I've heard quite a few people uh, talking about this. I mean, I told you, I actually started linking them to you as every time I saw it crop up somewhere. Like uh, hmm. Lewis Brindley of the Yogs Cast talked about it on his podcast. And, yeah, that's how's cool. how's that been? I'm sure that's been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's been fun. Um, and I I mean like has also just been very nice to like like it, it hasn't made like a heap of money or anything. I'm, mm. I'm not not rolling in it, but it has been nice to at least like be enough that I have you am c- not considered in quite changing the same rush. all of the mechanics so that you're the CIA agent now and you have to. You have to figure out how to kill these three bank executives. I, that seems to work for that's that works for Monopoly. So true, true. Uh, it, yeah, it has been very nice to like not have quite the same like manic rush to make my next game. Because mm-hmm. um, nice. I feel like yeah, if if Hand with Many Fingers hadn't done as well, uh, there would probably be a very half baked game out by now. Oh, that's good that you're able to spend more time and energy on your next project. I'm yeah. curious, like, given the success of A Hand With Many Fingers, I feel like people are thirsty for these detective games. You know, you've got, like, Return mm-hmm. of the Obra Dinn. Uh, I think, from what I understand, is in a very similar vein. You've got Outer Wilds. You know, pe- these this sort mm-hmm. of uh, detective game... That's what I've seen other people compare A Hand With Many Fingers to. I haven't played either of them, but I do have the Outer Wilds, so eventually. Play that. I've got to play Outer Wilds. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any plans for a sequel? Because there's like a million fucking things the CIA has done that you could do. (laughs) You're not saying more material. Yeah. You've got MKUltra. You've got like the assassination of JFK. You could do the big ones. Uh, 9-11 that they did. (laughs) 9-11. Yeah. (laughs) You should do I feel like, like I could do any like visual novel, just you know, taking down the CIA's role in nine eleven. <laughs> yeah. George W. Bush visual novel. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> if you play our cards right, you can date Dick Cheney. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm gonna need the decensoring Finally. patch for that one. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, well, any any plans for a sequel? I guess. Um. Yeah, I, I've thought about it. I I think probably not for the next game, or at least that's not my not my plans at the moment. Um, right. I feel like, and because like this kind of came up in the development of this game as well, that like kind of didn't want to do a conspiracy that was fairly like well trodden. Um. Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess that's like that's yeah. true because then people don't. I think one of the things that people liked about it is that they didn't realize it was a real conspiracy until, like, I guess halfway through the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, like, the sort of, the bigger conspiracies and everything like that, like, there's just so much material around them. Mm. To, like, actually get my head around all of that and, like, do a sort of 
faithful, accurate recounting of one of those one of yeah. those stories. Gonna need um, a bigger would be like board. years of research in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like this one, this one was kind of nice as well because like there there is like a pretty limited amount of source material on on Negan Hand. There were like two inquiries. There's like a couple of books. Uh, like mm, one TV documentary and that kind of thing. Um, so it was like feasible, a feasible amount of stuff for me to like read slash watch like pretty much all of the publicly available material. Um, so a but, hand with many fingers yeah, to like, Jeffrey Epstein's yeah. Island, not coming anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that, God, would, that, that would, would be, take a while. That would be incredible though. <laughs> Yeah, that would be, well, for one, it would be incredible, and also, you would mysteriously disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get my greatest in. unreleased game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you would get the CIA award for excellence in journalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be like that one document in the game, right? Uh, Self-inflicted gunshot wound mm -hmm. uh, from, like, a fucking yeah. long rifle with, like, 37 <laughs> rounds or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's pretty incredible. I mean, I guess spoilers, but, um, you know, you still have to figure out, like, all the clues. So that's the main gameplay loop. Uh, is that, uh, it's like three of, like, the four bankers uh, disappeared and, like, found, were found dead? Uh, well, one, yeah, one found dead, one disappeared to mm. the Philippines uh, shortly after the public inquiry was announced. Uh. Um, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I mentioned this in the game because yeah, like this, the, the game really does kind of like scratch the surface of a, a lot of the stuff. But uh, that that guy, uh, he was like ferried out of the country by Thomas Clines, who's like one of the most like spooked up figures in 20th century, like involved Damn. in the anti-Castro stuff. Uh, Involved in like secret war in Laos, involved in Iran Contra. Um, Jeez. It ticks all the boxes. Um, uh, and that's and who then, you'd yeah, be the... playing as in like the inverse world version of this game. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, then the, the other figure, Michael Hand, um, yeah, he, he also made it out of the country and end up in uh training uh like the contras in nicaragua Jesus. for a while um yeah. and then running his own like military consultancy firm for a while um yeah these, was, this like, is typically when i think of a banking executive i definitely think about like a fucking like ex special forces fucking <laughs> yeah guerrilla <laughs> warfare yeah. expert that you know totally normal totally normal c-level executive yeah, I hope that this will prompt some people to maybe look into these events or some of these people a little further, because I, I know that I was was definitely uh, afterwards uh, really curious and wanting to mm -hmm. wanting to learn more. Uh, mm. I, I like I like a yeah, game I've, that I've can had... prompt people to maybe keep thinking about it after and look into into things themselves. I hope people ask themselves, what's the CIA up to these days? Mm, they're yeah, doing stuff. Yeah. Oh, haven't you heard? <laughs> they're good then. now. They're great. <laughs> yeah. They don't do they're anything now. bad. No, yeah. I loved, uh, I loved it when they made WandaVision. They're, they're mm. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, they're, actually, Reese, they're responsible for the entirety of this Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, they're they're super chill. Not not anything bad. Uh, <laughs> just watch their great trailer where they talk about how how they're woke now and they have imposter syndrome and anxiety <laughs> and uh, Havana <laughs> syndrome apparently too. Oh yeah. <laughs> What if you made a game where you just went around zapping CIA agents <laughs> with the <laughs> drum gun? That, Come on, that is an idea. That oh, is an idea. Fuck. That would rule. Uh, yeah, I think you could just make like a straight up Doom clone. Just like Havana <laughs> Syndrome dot wad. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it is... It is interesting, uh, sort of like, yeah, comparing what happens today versus what's what's like depicted in the game, um, because like it, it is kind of anachronistic now. A lot of the stuff that a, a bank like Nugenhand actually did, because it's like this was a time when like it was extremely difficult to just like do international transactions and like transfer money internationally and that kind of thing. Whereas it's mm. like now there's infinite possibilities for, for that kind of work. Um, yeah. And so you don't necessarily need a, need a bank like Nugenhand today. Um, of course, has taken on other forms and other, other shady endeavors, but like, mm. that's kind of like the, one of the last gasps of like that era of the, the CIA. Right. I'm just curious, what is the, the new game that you made? Because I checked your itch.io page and the latest one was uh, Hand With Many Fingers on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the new game is just a, it's a short one that was included in the Indiepocalypse bundle. Oh, um, okay. uh, yeah, it was like, was commissioned for, I've, I've forgotten the number of the issue, but um, yeah, it's just kind of like a nice, nice chill little uh, socialist utopian thing where you're just like walking around a little little city block and talking to people and getting ready to watch a, a space launch. Yeah, very, very chill and relaxing compared with. Yeah, I guess we'll have to, I'll have to check that out because I have not played that one yet. The question here is what game is coming in the, the Celestia pipeline? What can we look forward to? Mm. Is it, will it involve um, giving CIA agents Havana syndrome? <laughs> It, it might now. <laughs> um, Will it be like a Frogger-esque game where the journalist has to go across like the street, but there are CIA bullets just coming on both sides to get to the evidence? <laughs> oh, that is that is great. Um, uh, well, yeah, like I, I've been. The, the short answer is like I still don't really know. Like uh, uh, okay. I've had sort of quite a few quite a few like different prototypes and um concepts uh none of which have like really caught my caught my attention so far but so mm. like um one i was working on for a bit was a kind of like a, an immersive first person immersive sim type thing where you are playing as a cia type agent uh orchestrating mm. a coup in a global south country um interesting but yeah, that, that that one I found, yeah, really fell into the issues we were talking about at the start of the podcast of like um, putting the player in kind of the position of doing the doing the evil imperialism, um, yeah. and it's like just kind of by virtue of doing that, I, I feel like you kind of make 
those types of characters somewhat sympathetic and right. I, I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> so um, uh, might return to that from another, another direction. You have but, to um, acknowledge that sometimes the CIA agents have imposter syndrome. You know, <laughs> you know they're human. They're people too. They have anxiety. That, yeah, they all have anxiety. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking murder children in South America. Them. You know, just like us. Just like us. We all do this. Yeah. They play board games. They vote for Elizabeth Warren. Mm. They're, they're human. <laughs> oh, just man. like us. Yeah, just like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm um, I'm very curious about the development uh, from you, Celestia, where you're, where you basically uh, decommissioned your your Patreon to you've ended the grift, which uh, you know is a betrayal uh, for towards us. But yeah, yeah. you're blowing up uh, our spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when I went through the credits of the game, I was like, hell yeah, there's there's V Gatwato. You managed to get our stupid it's video game it, podcast yeah. in your game. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. You look at the credits. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, you can that see rule. V got to a toe. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, mostly decommissioned the Patreon just because, like, I found I couldn't keep up with, like, a regular update schedule. Um mm. In a that way doesn't that, stop like, us. Felt <laughs> 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 Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> compared to you folks, my, my Patreon pace was, like, absolutely glacial. Mm. Um, yeah, couldn't, couldn't keep up with a regular pace of updates. And I felt like the games I'm now developing, like, kind of don't lend themselves as well to the format of, like, Patreon game development. Because I, I feel like mm. that sort of format works really well with, uh, like, the type of game where you're, like, actively seeking sort of feedback and playtesting and that sort of thing at like every stage. Like, mm, uh, yeah, it, it, if I was making like a little strategy game or something, the 0.01 version of the game, uh, I, I want people to play and test and give feedback on. Um, it's like the, the games I'm making now, like Hand With Many Fingers, it's like two hours, uh, you probably only play through it once and you get pretty much everything out of it. Right. And so, like, Very... doesn't quite work as well with... Yeah. Oh, you good. Oh, no, I, I was just going to interrupt with being dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you should continue. <laughs> yeah, the, the games I'm making now are very sort of, yeah, like, self-contained stories. Right. It's like, I, I want people to sort of go in... I ideally like go in blind as much as possible right. and just like have the experience for yeah two hours three hours whatever. Yeah, um, and a bunch of yeah, your fans it doesn't really are, lend like, itself. Experiencing the 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 buggy glitchy alpha version of a game. <laughs> yes. And they, yeah. they only get the they only get a, <laughs> that first impression once, so it's probably less ideal. Mm. Not till you make your uh, big open world crafting survival socialist game. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, that's when I get in on all the grifts. I exactly. get the Patreon going, get the Kickstarter going. That's right. Well, cool. Yeah. I've noticed that the reviews on Hand With Many Fingers have been very good, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a couple of negative ones where people whine that it's short, but like it's five bucks. Shut up. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. But 
There, well, there the, was... to, to be fair to some people, it did. I, I did release it initially at ten dollars, which I think was too much for for the length. Um, oh, so don't, don't some, apologize. Some valid criticism. No, don't yeah, apologize to these hogs. Don't give these dogs an inch. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't listen to their vile squealing of the swine. That's yeah. right. Charge <laughs> them double. Just invoice them for double what they paid. Uh, there's, um, there's a particular review here I want to highlight just because oh. I thought it was really funny. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Read it. So it says, um, this game is a dark story about corrupt governments, murder, and evil plots. I would not recommend this game to anyone as there must be a lighter and happier game on Steam <laughs> for you to play. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is my legal duty to play this game. Apparently, yeah. we found the we found this person has a legal obligation to play video agent. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. It's like, I have to review this game for subversive content. Uh, yeah. But I must advise you otherwise. Go play Team Fortress Two or something. TF2 oh endorsed by the CIA. You heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, Ethan Hunt, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to play communist video games and to leave negative reviews on Steam. <laughs> this is the CIA agent, the aforementioned one with imposter syndrome and uh, man. anxiety. Man, that is that is funny as hell. This yeah, guy is like, well, yeah. the people who want to play TF2 are not the same people who want to play like, a, you know... A detective game. The people who play detective games are like, yeah, I want it more dark. I want it be yeah. oh man. I just love being like, this game's a bummer. I'm kind of like this. that too. I would I would think the best ending for this game would be being killed by the CIA, because I'm like, that would just like hit like a freight train, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that uh, would be good because like you get it's so dark. Spooked, yeah, know? exactly. So to speak. Um, you get but, spooked. Yeah, I, I guess like spoilers but like yeah about the about the ending like um i i did consider that as uh as the ending um mm -hmm. in the earlier stages of development like you you getting killed i also had uh had a version where like you come back upstairs and you find that like all of the information has been taken off the cork board um right. and it's just like completely blank kind of settled on the like not not the assassination because like it, there's, a, there's a surprising number of conspiracy films that end with the main character getting killed. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. The cliches. Plus, it leaves room for a sequel. This would be that's I'm true. To true. It. It's the same CIA agent. It's continuity. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got an idea for a game. All right. So you're a socialist, right? And you're working the night shift at um, a, a, a entertainment facility. And uh, every night, like, these animatronic CIA agents <laughs> come to life. you got to push on these buttons to close the doors. But you only have yeah. so much energy to close the doors. Um, Five you... nights at Fetty's? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, that's gold. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wanted to see how long it would take for people to realize I was just <laughs> I was just doing a dumber version of Fra Five Nights at Freddy's. I actually don't know. I think Five Nights at Freddy's is the dumb version of that idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, that great game idea is for you, by the way. You can have that. Yeah, yeah. just you know, there's the Frogger journalist game. Uh, there was another mm -hmm. game I can't remember. 
and then there's that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Havana syndrome. Oh, yeah, the Havana oh, yeah. syndrome. Where you go around the Doom clone where you just blast a CIA agents with the Havana syndrome. Yeah, you play as Castro. You got your beam. Oh, gun. my God. <laughs> yeah, if I don't make that, someone listening to this podcast right now, make yeah, that. Yeah, you should. Yeah. One of our listeners, get on that. Um, it's just like, imagine the fucking game where... Like, have you ever heard about, like, all the insane assassination attempts on Fidel Castro? They just, uh, like, oh, yeah. And they, like, put, like, an explosive in his cigar. You know? Yeah. I think exploding clams was another one. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's got to be something there. It's just, like, fucking spy mm. versus spy ass, like, game. Yeah, just <laughs> loads of fucking coked up, like, fucking... 60s CIA guys just going crazy. It's like, the, it's like the incredible machine where you have to come up with this insane device to try and kill Castro. And the twist <laughs> yeah. is he survives every single time. The, the best one of those is the CIA informant that was sent to kill Castro and mm. ended up uh, sleeping with him instead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking, a, a pimp. Just a, a yeah, exactly. Solid gold pimp. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> uh, he's too handsome and wonderful to kill CIA. Sorry. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just have a couple more questions. We're getting close to uh, an hour now. So we probably want to wrap things up soon. But I, had a, I just wanted to know what is like, it's been a while since we've been, had a chance to hang out. So I really want to know what you've been playing recently and like what was your favorite game of uh 2020 and 2021 so far i think favorite game of 2020 would be between uh the outer wilds and mm -hmm. uh pathologic 2 big fan of pathologic 2 mm. oh yeah they got the the sequel to the strange russian game <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the new and updated strange russian game excellent <laughs> um I think that's the only game where, like, the moment I finished it, I, like, went and bought their art book. I went and, like, got every sort of developer interview I could find, just, like, devoured all of those. Um, like, yeah, that's a that's a brilliant game. And, yeah, I, I guess, like, uh, <laughs> to my interests, I think, like, one of the things it did really well was kind of the, the kind of, like, trade and barter system that it has is so mm. clever. Like, it's sort of in the in the early stages of the game. Uh, so it, you it's claim to be normal. a socialist, and yet you engage in bartering. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's exactly it. It does, like, <laughs> it, it, like, has an understanding of, like, trade and barter that is, like, not just the capitalist one. Um, right. It's, like, in the early stages, you kind of, like, you like use money to buy stuff in shops and uh, just like fairly, fairly standard. Um, but like, if you're trading with just like other people around the, around the town, then mm. you trade in like trust. Um, and like each person will have like different objects that they're more interested in getting and less interested in getting. Um, and so it's like a much less, it's like a much more fluid kind of exchange system. Right. Um, and then, like, as the game goes on, basically, like, the currency kind of collapses. <laughs> and so, like, you start having to use, like, uh, ration tokens that are provided by the, the town uh, to trade for things. 
um, and the money kind of becomes useless as the like disaster escalates. Right. Yeah, just really clever sort of yeah I- integration of like different ideas around trade and barter actually into like the core mechanics. Of- yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to experiencing that not in the game, but just in real life in like twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good practice. Um, <laughs> And like that was it was such a like perfectly timed game as well because that was like i think it came out late 2019 or right. early 2020 um and it's all about a plague coming mm-hmm. and, <laughs> being quarantined and like face masks are like a really important item in the game well, yeah that's unrealistic yeah. because if it was realistic nobody would wear them <laughs> just cough in each other's faces that's right <laughs> true <laughs> Yes, the anti-mask demographic is not not no, represented. No post-apocalyptic setting has really gotten that right, I don't think. They don't have people who are just actively trying to make things worse. <laughs> I guess yeah. Fallout has the children of Adam, right? Who are just like, uh, yeah, radiation so. actually rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the <true>. closest thing. <laughs> well, this might uh, push me over the edge to finally play it, because I got it in like a humble bundle a long time ago, and I'm like... I hear this is great, and this also seems like the realest game to ever exist. And I don't know if I have like mm. the spiritual strength to press play on this, but uh, it is it I, is pretty grim and pretty yeah. bleak. <laughs> yeah, I own it, and I haven't played it either for similar reasons. <laughs> I don't own it because I know what kind of slop I like. I like the I like feeding my I like filling my piggy trough with the the action RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> just, just guzzling on, <laughs> on just the loot turning you, my brain uh, in, off in Pathologic 2 can you put uh, gems into your swords for better stats <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's important yeah. Uh, I, I think in Pathologic 2 there's one gun that you can buy in like the first couple of days and if you don't it just disappears damn <laughs> you gotta get that gun <laughs> Can you form rune runes to form rune words like Sukovliet? Gives you like a set bonus to like your walk and run speed. Uh, just the same joke over again. I thought I'd just, you know, just drive it into the ground. <laughs> just it edit out mine. <laughs> just edit out my joke. <laughs> um, Outer Wilds 2 is amazing. Um, I, uh, I haven't... I had to switch computers, so I, I never finished it. But the the different planets and the uh, the way that the, like the mystery is like continues to deepen is is incredible. Um, and that is something I really respect in games and just media in general now that they're able to create just like keep the tension going, not just with the plot, but just like by controlling what you know and don't know and that sense of discovery right. being an element. That's something that was great in The Hand with Many Fingers is that you're discovering as the process goes on and that's super engaging. So um, I don't know, was that an influence or just a, a happy coincidence? Or I don't know, what, what, do you, what do you think of the Outer Wilds without uh, spoiling the big twists? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think I, I think the I spoiler for it. the Outer Wilds is that the CIA did it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the CIA, the CIA yeah. is in the sun. Um, <laughs> it's rolling everything. Uh, sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Continue. Um, no, um, 
Yeah, I, I think I played it after and I put out Hands Many Fingers, so can't, can't yeah. claim any influence on that. But um, yeah, so I stole it from also... you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I love that game for exactly the same reason. It's like I, I feel like most of that game is not really like puzzles in kind of like the traditional sense of like gaming puzzles or that kind of thing. It's more like discovering rules of the world. Uh, which right. allow you to like navigate it in different ways and interact with it in different ways. And yeah, like the the first couple of playthroughs of that game where you yeah head to each of the different planets and start to learn the kind of different internal mechanics. Um, uh, absolutely brilliant. Excellent. I'll have to play that soon. Although I do have like how many games have I got? Just just hundreds of games. <laughs> just like I have over twenty <laughs> games installed that I need to play. <laughs> and I, they just, just they just keep piling up. I need uh, listen, David. Uh, can you tell all your developer friends to s stop making good games? I need to yeah. slow it down. Yeah, folks. slow yes. it down. I think, I yeah, time. gaming game development moratorium for the listen, next five years. Yeah, listen. Yeah. I need. I have like 20 twenty-ish new games I need to play, and I also need to replay Morrowind again. So you got to do that. Extra buffer yeah. time for that. Mm. Um. So let's see. We're at. An hour and six minutes. We could wrap things up now. Um, or we can talk about the anti-Calestia video game. Oh, let's talk about that? the anti-Calestia video game. Let's, okay, sure. A little bit more. Good. All right. So uh, this is from Wired. Billionaires see VR as a way to avoid radical social change. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. So... <laughs> It's very interesting that this this article came up uh, as we were talking about setting up this episode because it was just sort of like, wow, the billionaires are literally doing what Calestia is doing, but in reverse. <laughs> like sleep, yeah, sounds baby, right. sleep. Just ideological poison wherever they can seep it in. Yeah. But it's like literally, I, I don't think we should read this whole article because it's, it's long as hell. Um, but basically, it's like they're what they talk about is basically entertainment as a form of escapism, where it's like people are like living in these teeny tiny apartments. Couldn't be me. No idea what's that. That's like um, I live in a mansion. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting yeah, we all do. mansion. We live together in a mansion. We sleep in one yeah. big bug bunk bed. <laughs> That's where all the Patreon bucks go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's to yeah. keep the bed clean. Because <laughs> Reese gets it's a lot really of expensive. on it. Uh, He's <laughs> eating in bed all the time. Disgusting. I don't apologize. It's who I am. <laughs> I have imposter syndrome. I have anxiety. And I love to eat blueberry muffins in the top bunk. <laughs> um... But yeah, I don't want to get into the specifics of the article. Basically, just about escapism and how people live in tiny apartments and they're, they when they meet up with their friends, they want to meet someplace more interesting than like uh, their 200 square foot studio apartments. And I definitely see what they mean in that um, there's so much more interesting places to like hang out in a virtual world than in reality. Because in reality, you're just going to be like, would you like to go to your your tiny depressing apartment or would you like to go to the park that's filled with homeless people? I think it's very telling though that they don't really have a great grasp of what 
you know, people who aren't billionaires would actually want out of a like good experience. They're like, oh, what people really want is to have like a sweaty, stinky headset strapped <laughs> to their head for an entire <laughs> hangout. It's the same vibe as like you buying a dog a toy and being like, the dog will think it's a, it's an octopus. Oh, that's wonderful. Like, it's, 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 I don't know. <laughs> they do see us as the mental equivalent of dogs, so it's very appropriate. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering what your, your take on this, Celeste. What do you what do you um, think of the 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 Facebook uh, lizard? <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> uh, no, that's is that Zuck with the mustache? <laughs> Ew, no. Oh, I think it might be a shadow. Yeah, it looks like a mustache. Never mind. All right, he he hasn't totally look like lost. What's his name again? I, I literally just blanking. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Thank you. I just, although, <laughs> although you could have just called him anything, and I think that would have been better than to ask yeah. the listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what I found kind of interesting about this is like, so like this is how they talk about VR when they're talking to poor people. It's like, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be a way to escape our shitty reality and. Yeah, as you were saying, sitting in our tidy apartments and uh, going to these magical virtual worlds. Um, uh -huh. But, like, that's completely different to how they talk about VR to, like, middle-class people. Because, um, like, with that, the whole idea is that, like, VR is supposed to be this, like, special, like, empathy machine where uh, you'll be able to see the world through the eyes of someone living in like Democratic Republic of Congo or something like that. And that'll somehow give you extra insight into the world and extra care for the world's problems. Um, I remember kind of like, that now. The, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other side of this. It's like, those are sort of the two, yeah. <laughs> the two different valences of VR. Um, it does, you know, looking at both of them, I kind of feel like they're both just absolutely ridiculous, you know? Like maybe the maybe the empathy one has more validity, but like the one that's like, oh yes, people will escape their shitty lives, and like, yeah, they can do that without the stinky, sweaty headset, uh, as Reese so as Reese pointed out, um, with regular video games. Um, but it's sort of like you know, you can't escape material conditions for long. Oh yeah, the fucking um, video of them in the Puerto Rico flood. Jesus Christ, that was grim. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, yeah. That, that's that's what I was remembering. I'm just being like, oh, we just. <laughs> I, I just like imagine these like tech psychos just being like, oh, excellent, we can slurp up all of this infrastructure and turn it into empty apartments or whatever. That's that's what I see this as a tool as for them. Yeah, well, let's see. I think that if you make a VR game, it sh it should detect if you're a CIA agent and give you Havana syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> just blast you with the the fucking Havana yeah, microwaves. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I feel as though culture gets uh, overemphasized by people with very like liberal politics. It's like they, they, they see like what is essentially an expensive toy. And are just like, this will quell the rubes. No more needing to worry about a peasant <laughs> uprising. Now they can play Candy Crush mm, in mm. 3D. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't know if, yeah. like, as, as insidious as it is, I feel like it's also very stupid. 100%. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. <laughs> it's, yeah, I definitely feel it's like, it's so much more just like marketing play than anything else. It's, yeah. It's like, yeah, VR is still like not accessible to like 95% mm -hmm. of the population. Even that's maybe a bit generous. Yeah. Um, like, the, yeah, the sort of raw base requirements of uh, needing a really powerful computer mm -hmm. and before you even get into the headsets. And I, I guess, like, yeah, how are we going to be, how are we even going to be using VR uh, when we're in our tiny, dingy apartments and not just walking directly into walls with just, the headset yeah. on our face? Like, smashing everything you need off some my space desk, to be able to play it in. So. Kicking my cat like a football. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like, I feel like. <laughs> As a as a as a video game enjoyer, these are suboptimal experiences. If I want to kick yeah. my cat, it's much yes. easier if I have my vision. <laughs> yeah, go way further. Exactly. <laughs> I would just like to clarify: I do not have a cat, and I have no intention of ever being mean to them. Good. 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 And I couldn't kick Skittles if I wanted to. She's too fast. So exactly. It's not a problem. Power Skittles is too powerful. <laughs> Skittles would yeah. eat you. You intended exactly. violence to her. I, I would never step to her in that way. That exactly. would be the end. I guess we'll probably need to wrap up. We're at an hour and 15. We had one more thing just to complain about Far Cry 6. But, you know, I, I think we covered our bases with the, the billionaires doing VR. Yeah. Placate social <laughs> chains. Yeah. <laughs> So thank yeah. you so much for joining us, David. It's been a lot of fun. Um, hopefully we, hopefully yeah. you, you weren't too annoyed with us constantly. Well, my constantly going. What about a video game where you eat a bunch of cheeseburgers? <laughs> <laughs> Is that socialist? Thank you, thank you so. Much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for having me back on. Like. Right. Um, Huge, huge fan of the pod. Um, but does, does this officially make me a friend of the pod now that I've been on more than once? Oh, 100. Yeah, you are a friend of the pod. I think you've been on yep. three times, oh, actually. Amazing. Yeah, three Have times. I've been on three times. Yeah. Oh, damn. As I remember, hey. we talked to you before, and then you released Witch in the City, and we talked to you a second time. Um, yeah, because oh, we, have, we have two thumbnails, because we've got like the one where we talk about it's like how Harry Potter is a cop. And then there's the other thumbnail where we talk about how there should be uh, this unsurprisingly my stupid idea where Karl Marx does skateboarding tricks. Fuck yeah. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I mean, like that idea got a lot closer to reality. Yeah. Fucking like, Oh man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I have a like half completed Karl Marx Pearl Skater build still sitting on my computer. Um, oh my god. Turns out editing games are hard to make. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? This yeah. is why I've sort of realized that, uh, oh, maybe maybe these game ideas are not good. They're very funny <laughs> as a bit, but if you try to make them into a video game, it's very hard and <laughs> maybe not fun. Who knows? Um, yeah. I, I mean, like, it was it was very interesting working on that uh, because, like, 
yeah, of course, I like went back to like uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, Three, like all the all the classics to sort of see right. how they do the actual control schemes and that kind of thing. Mm. And like so many tiny details in the that like make that game feel good, uh, which like you don't notice until you are like trying to recreate that kind of feel. Like right. there's so many little aspects of like. Uh, when you're landing out of a half pipe, it'll like slightly adjust the direction your board is facing so that it feels more natural. And yeah, so so much tiny tiny stuff like that, which uh, turns out you actually kind of need <laughs> to make mm. a game that actually feels nice and All right, well, thanks everyone for listening. David, tell everyone where they can find your video games to play and have fun with. Uh, well, yeah, Hand With Many Fingers and a couple of other ones are up on Steam. Uh, everything, including those ones, is up on itch at colestia.itch.io. Um, mm -hmm. If you're going to buy them, buy them on itch because I get more money. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, Gabe Newell's got to get his cut. <laughs> Gabe Newell's got to, yeah, get his money for his own bizarre dystopian VR venture. His his bizarre venture is mostly just covering every wall in his house with knives, apparently. In New Zealand now. In New Zealand. He's, <laughs> yes. he's building a house made of knives in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, Twitter, at Calestia3. Um, posting very infrequently these days, but I'll hopefully pick that up once I have a, a more developed prototype for whatever the next excellent all right so reese where can people find you on the internet you can find me at your very good bud on twitter 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 k where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter kn skittles uh you can also find my videos on youtube under the same name and uh you can find me on twitch i stream on the weekends you can find me there yeah also kn skittles okay and you can find me at uh eight alton eight on twitter or Alton Plays on YouTube, where I occasionally upload silly videos. Uh, you can find our main website at videogamesaretheworst.pinecast.co, which has all of our episodes and links to the RSS feed and stuff like that. And you can find our main Twitter at Vigatuto, where we post memes and updates on our episodes. So go and check that out. Uh, so until next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. There are parallel worlds where every possibility lives. So a planet somewhere out there, their history the same as ours is written. The only difference is that everyone's a kitten. Kitty history just like ours. sailed until he saw land but then quickly got off so he could poop in the sand they formed the first kitty cities and kitty towns then they'd wake up at night just to run around they had their own little kitty civil war but found some string and forgot what they were fighting for it's kitty history and it's just like ours
CIA. Then Lyndon doubled down on Kitty Vietnam, and they bought more helicopters and Kitty bombs from a company where his wife was the main stockholder, and they made a Kitty fortune for the war was over. Kitty history, cuddly planet like ours. A little Kitty at the CIA who helped kill Kennedy in Dallas that day did so darn well that his career got a push. A Kitty named George H. as governors, then one steals the election for the other, new Kitty Bush has gotta finish the Saudis mission, so we has a report made by a commission, this is to start a new war, as far as we can attest, you'd need a new Kitty Pearl Harbor and we all know the rest, Kitty history.